Could there be a more beautiful place to work? The gentle breezes whispering through the trees, the wonderful scent of pine and cedar. But the life of a lumberman was hazardous when without warning an accident could occur and the remote forest was turned into a place of pain, suffering, and panic. The Adirondack wilderness, heavily forested, mountainous, and with irregular terrain throughout. It hides gorgeous, breathtaking vistas and alluring lakes and streams, available only to those hardy and healthy enough to earn a spot in the wilds. An excellent vacation escape for a hike or overnight backpacking. But the Adirondack Wilderness also supports many small communities of business and industries. People work here too, and it is dangerous to live and work in the isolation of the wilderness of the Adirondacks. Lumberjacking was and still is a growing industry in the Adirondacks, and it often took its toll on those who chose to work within the industry. As in the case of Tupper Lake lumberjack Terry DeMarais, who received a near-fatal blow to his head in a logging accident near DeGrasse. Mr. DeMarais sustained severe spinal nerve injuries when he was struck by a large widowmaker, a tree hung up in another. The dead tree was knocked free by a hitch of hardwood trees being pulled by a skitter operated by Terry's brother, Mickey. He was rushed to the hospital, where doctors had to operate to relieve pressure on the damaged nerves. This was one of many severe accidents in the lumber industry. The first settlers in New Amsterdam found the area to be entirely wooded, and as early as 1633, the industrious West India Company had built a sawmill at Manhattan. The first source of building material available to any new settlement was found in the surrounding forest, and this made necessary the construction of a sawmill. Thus began the lumbering industry in New York State. The original lumberjack used only his trusty axe. One approach to the lumberman's job before power evolved was the crudely primitive saw pit, which was a trench over which lumber is positioned to be sawed with a long two-handled saw by two people, one standing above the timber and the other below. It was used for producing sawn planks from the tree trunks which could then be cut down into boards and posts. The bottom man was subject to the steady flow of sawdust, with much wheezing and coughing <coughs> resulting. As the need for lumber increased, accidents in the forest also increased. In most cases, because the lumber operations were far from towns, getting the injured to a physician's care was delayed, thus putting the injured man in greater jeopardy. Trees are high on the list of our nation's most incredible resources, but getting them from the forest to the lumber mills is, and always has been, a dangerous job. It was a risky business when our country used our forests to build our growing communities, and it remains somewhat risky today. Unfortunately, each year we still learn of someone whose life is taken by a falling tree or large limb. Trees sometimes fall in unexpected directions. The weight of the upper branches and foliage sometimes determines the falling direction. 
The so-called Adirondack way of bringing a tree down was done with a one- or two-man cross-cut saw. A cut was made about two feet above the ground. As the cut went deeper into the tree, it would begin to open, and the tree would start leaning. Before the cut went all the way through, the tree would come down on a hinge of wood still attached to the stump. In one case, two men who were together tried a method of cutting out a wedge on one side and then cutting towards the wedge from the other side. Suddenly, there was a loud crack. The tree crashed down and then shot backward as the branches hit the ground, knocking both men down, one in one direction, the other man in the other. Fortunately, no one was hurt seriously. In other cases, though, the accidents were fatal. Narrative.fm proudly presents to you a new podcast. Join host Debbie Rashawn in her journey to our world's most unusual places, events, odd objects, and obscurities. Join me on this journey to shed light on the unknown, the odd, and the obscure. Obscurities is available everywhere you find your favorite pods. Listen today. In the early lumbering days, a falling log killed a local lumberman, reported the Adirondack Daily Enterprise, while he was engaged in logging operations. He was working with another logger, skidding logs with a horse. One of the logs rolled off a skid block, crushing him beneath it. He sustained a fractured skull and internal injuries. Another woodsman employed on a logging job in Whitney Park was fatally injured when he was struck by a falling limb. He was working alone when the tree crashed down. It snagged a limb estimated to weigh about 250 pounds from a nearby maple tree. The limb dropped about 45 feet, striking him on the top of the head and inflicting a compound fracture of the skull. Another logger found the victim still alive but he died soon after help was summoned and they started carrying him back to camp. It was seven miles over a dirt road to the camp. In 1937 in Potsdam, New York, the winter logging season's first fatality in this section of the Adirondacks occurred at the Sylvan Falls camp of the Elliott Hardwood Company. William Sawyer, 40, of Moira, a tractor driver, lost his life. It happened around midnight. Sawyer was crushed while working the night shift. Fellow members of the logging crew attempted to carry him out of the woods to a doctor. The injured man was placed on a tractor, and the journey started through a blinding snowstorm. Progress was slow. Deep drifts hampered travel. They reached a farm, and the tractor could continue no further because of the snow. Sawyer was left at the farm and three men continued on foot to bring a doctor back. They battled snow for hours, reached a farmhouse two miles from Parrishville, and placed a village call. The men were utterly exhausted when they staggered into the farmhouse. They collapsed on the porch 
and managed to tell their story to the farmer there. They had traveled seven miles from the lumber camp. Two men were killed at Ovalwood Dish Company Lumber Camp. The men were hit by falling trees. Strange as it may seem, these were separate accidents that happened simultaneously, though the men were in separate gangs and about five miles apart. In one accident, a tree was being cut out by two men. When cut, the tree fell directly on top of a two-foot-high maple stub 25 feet away. The top being heavier caused the tree to balance the butt high in the air, then slipping off, fell directly onto the lumberman, Mr. Opsipovich, inflicting a wound on the back of his head and killing him instantly. The other man, Mr. Cheslack, was injured in about the same way, only that the tree which he had fell balanced across a stump and the butt flying up caught him under the chin, throwing him several feet, cutting a large gash in the corner of his mouth and rendering him unconscious. He later died from his injuries. Tupper Lake had long been a center for the lumbering industry. In the early days, accidents were frequent among the lumbermen, and the injured needed immediate care. It was necessary to transport them by train to a hospital approximately 200 miles distant or put them up in a local hotel room until their condition permitted travel. Leo Charette of Piercefield sustained severe back injuries after he was pinned beneath a fallen tree while cutting pulpwood. Four of his fellow workers rigged a stretcher by fastening their jackets between poles and carried him to the road to await further help. Over the years, logging has evolved with advances in technology, changes in products made from wood, and changing market demands. One thing that hasn't changed is the need for skill and ingenuity. In the last 300 years, the logging industry has evolved from felling trees with axes and cross-cut saws, bucking them into lengths with bow saws and bringing them out of the woods with oxen and horses to the mills via streams and rivers. Engines went from being powered by steam to gasoline and diesel. Massive chainsaws and powered equipment harvest and transport the trees from the deep woods. Despite the ups and downs in the markets and the sometimes seemingly dire status of the industry, there will always be a need for renewable, versatile wood and the brave and skilled loggers to harvest it. Those who choose to live and work in isolated wild regions introduce full-time risk into their lives. Some may only flirt with the dangerous conditions and perils, but others face those dangers every day when they set off to work in the wild. <laughs>